And I'm Lars. It's two guys talking about every fantasy movie ever made. Hey, how are you doing? How you been? I, I, I'm good. It's been a while. Um, I know, yeah. I'm uh, doing well. Um, we had two luxurious weeks off from the children. Um, we dropped them off. Well, Mom and Dad came and picked them up. They had a two-week summer camp with Mia and Papa, which meant that they were up in D.C., so they got to go to the Natural History Museum, and they got to the National Zoo, and, like, like D.C., yeah. What, what an awesome place to go visit, right? Like, especially when you're a kid. Like, it's, it's that's an easy spot to go to, right? Right. And then Elizabeth and I got to just be together and not have someone calling out mom or dad the second we left a room. It was kind of nice. nice. It was nice. Um, we really enjoyed it. And it also made us appreciate our time with them a lot more. I mean, it was just, it was a good refresh and reset. Well, good. How about you? I haven't been doing a whole lot. Um... So, no, we're good. We're just uh, relaxing. Haven't been doing a whole lot. Uh, I have fallen hard into Mortal Kombat 11. Mm. Um, that's about it. Uh, have you seen um, Have cool. you seen Suicide, the Suicide Squad? I have not yet. I haven't seen a whole lot of movies besides what we've watched for this show. That was a fun one. Um, it, it wasn't Guardians of the Galaxy level fun. Which I really enjoy the Guardians movies. Yeah. Because they embrace the weird and the silly and the mm-hmm. goofy. And this definitely did that. I also like, I don't know if you've seen Doom Patrol. Uh, bits and pieces. It, I, you know, it's, we've always talked, we've talked about this a lot, that while The Dark Knight was really great, like it, it's objectively a wonderful movie, right? Like it, it is. It's just a ter- Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. It's a terrible Batman movie, though. Well, there's that, but yeah. but I mean, take that away. It's a great movie. Like it, it's yeah, it's no. awesome. But it and I don't I don't know if it's a terrible Batman movie. What it is, it, it is a impacted superhero movie movies in a negative way because now it's like, well, if it's going to be a superhero movie, it has to be serious and dour and dark. And some of the Batman stories are serious and dour and dark. Absolutely. Yeah. And some of the really great ones are serious and dour and dark. But some of the really great Batman stories are also about King Tut. <laughs> and, and, like, goofiness. Like, and, I love Batman and that, Bold so much because it is willing to be goofy. And I love the stories that have gone out of their way to be that. Right, and of, so that's a... Instead of, like, instead of just grim for the sake of grim... Yeah, and so I, I appreciate both ends of the spectrum. Like, I, I, I think that mm-hmm. the great great thing about that character is that it, it can exist in both ends of that spectrum, right? Like, you can take it one way, or you can take it another mm-hmm. way. Unfortunately, the, the impact of Dark Knight was not, hey, let's tell really great stories. It was, well, let's take them, let's make them really dark. And that's not what Dark Knight, like, Dark Knight was just a dark, it was dark, but... It was just a good story. Well, what if you did that with really goofy characters like a big shark and and, and a, a, a man that shoots polka dots out? You know, so that's what this right. was. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't the best, but I appreciated... I like DC's... Hey, let's, let's just do little standalone movies and tell interesting stories within all these right. different characters. That's, that, to me, is... is, is 
their way to kind of chart their own path rather than trying to do another shared like, universe. universe. Yeah, don't do that. Just do do something silly, or or you don't even have to do silly. Like do Joker, and like do a you know you could do a serious movie about a Joker, but just do something different. You don't have to do the same thing over and over yeah. again. And that's what was nice about the Suicide Squad was this is very different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not the same sort of thing. Because um, I, I thought the first Suicide Squad movie was meh. There were parts of it that I really liked, but it was oh, yeah. very clearly stitched together from multiple different scripts, and I wish that they had, like... Oh, absolutely. I wish that they had gone and done gone more. Done more so with it. It's basically do that, but more. And from everything I heard, I've heard, this is... This one is sort of what that is. Um, speaking of, uh, yes, yeah, one it's one person's idea. Yeah. It's just it's James Gunn. He wrote a script. It's more about characters. There's a they fight Starro. Yeah. That's awesome. The, <laughs> like, the, you know, I never thought Starro would be in a movie, which is weird because <laughs> that was literally the first Justice League villain. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, what I. Uh, have you seen the new Mortal Kombat movie? I didn't. I meant I kept meaning to watch it, and I just I just didn't get around to it. I'm just gonna wait until it comes back. Yeah, I got go. you. Um, it is both better and worse than the original because it's like it's at times <laughs> it is a serious movie for serious people, and then Luke Kang she actually does a fighting move from the video game where he just foot sweeps to keep Kano from coming to him. Nice. And th- yeah, it's like this perfect fan servicey moment, and it's dumb. But it's also pretty good, and there's some actual like, like it's it's dumb, but there's some horrifying moments where people actually use fatalities. Well, it's dumb because it's a Mortal Kombat movie. Like it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. not, not everything doesn't have to be Citizen Kane or 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 a you know um, an independent you know feature. No, not everything has to be that. Like. We watched three really great movies. Um, this was, there was the Fear Street trilogy on Netflix, um, based on the R.L. Stein books, but they kind of went their own direction. They were great. Were they Academy Award-winning films? Absolutely not. Were they well-made? Were they well-shot? Well-acted? Fun? Yeah, they were. Every one of them was. So that's what, what, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I wanted. To, what bothers me is that. You know I like the weird stuff. What I would... What it should have been was somewhere between Game of Death and uh, Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> that that's would have been... Because that's what the, the original Mortal Kombat game was meant to be a Jean-Claude Van Damme vehicle. Mm, okay. And they were all... Because that's... Johnny Cage is, is supposed to be Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude, yeah. That makes sense. Um, and we'll get we'll, to it eventually. We'll get to it eventually. <laughs> It'll... In my opinion, it will be much, probably much better. I mean, especially once we get to, you know, the superhero movies of Suicide Squad with fantasy, all that will be much better to talk about than I... the three that we talked about. Okay. Or Thank that we you. will talk about um, today. Um, Lucas, we started with Seventh Son, and I'll, I'll dive in. I'll take this one. So we, we started with Seventh Son, and Seventh Son is a movie that is just kind of there. It was, um, it was uh, 2014. Most folks probably don't remember it, but it's 
It's the reuniting of the dude and and Julianne Moore's character. Uh, is it Claude? Maud um, from Big Lebowski. So Julianne Moore is in it and, and Jeff Bridges. Two objectively wonderful actors. Absolutely. They're, they're fantastic. I mean, Jeff Bridges is an Academy, Academy Award winner. Um, he's been in iconic roles. He just seems like a very affable man, right? Like, he just seems pretty cool. Julianne Moore, I would rate her among the Meryl Streeps of the world. Like, she is one of our greatest actors. This movie is just ridiculous. It, it is absolutely just worthless. They, they, they're, we have two, mm-hmm. two great actors just completely wasted. Basically... Jeff Bridges has a mustache that he spends the entire runtime trying to act past. Right, like it is just messing with his mouth. To talk. And and I've seen Jeff Bridges with a mustache in other movies, like True True Grit. Like he had a he had a gargantuan sort of thing. Hell, Big Lebowski, he's mm-hmm. got a big, you know, goatee. Seems to be able to act just fine when he has those. This one, it feels like. It, it is making his lip heavy and, and it almost, also like he's almost trying to chew not only the scenery but his mustache the entire time um, and that just was completely off-putting the entire thing but basically Jeff Bridges is a magician he has Jon Snow as a um, apprentice for at the very minutes. beginning yeah. Jon Snow is killed for five minutes hi John. bye John. Um, and then basically Julianne Moore is this bad witch, sorceress, mm-hmm. something. Um, and she, she kills, kills him and, and, and now Jeff Bridges is basically, you know, years later trying to, you know, still defeat the bad guy. So um, he goes and finds the seventh son of the seventh son. Of this, like he, right. he's this, you know. It, it's basically you, you're. He's he's Neo. Like he is the one, right? Like this guy he finds, and he is going to be able to to, to help um, train this kid, and he and the, by extension, this kid is now going to be able to go defeat the bad guy. That's it. That's what happens. Um, I mean, <laughs> everything's glowy. Like it, it's weird. Like the, the the it has like a filter on it the whole movie, and it just was all like f- washed out but glowy. Does that? Did mm-hmm. you see that too? Did you? Yeah. Did you? Yeah, I, I kind of get what you're saying. Um, it had no color palette to it, or its color palettes were were dark, were black, gray, and dark blue, and it's just kind of. Yeah, as you said, it's kind of there. Like, I watched this recently, and I have almost no memory of it. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to everything. Like, they're, they're, it was just kind of just bland. Um, there, there's a, a pretty cool f- fight where um, there's, like, a bad guy that they have to go get, and and he turns into a bear, and there's, like, a bear fight. Like, that's pretty. Mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. But everything from, like... So the, the bad witch, Julianne Moore, is trying to s- get some medallion from the seventh son because he apparently is a son of another witch who defected, so she's using somebody else to go get her and blah, 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 blah. 
Um, but then she has like other like she's the big bad, not all the boss level bads. You know, there, there's di- you know different kinds. There's like a Shiva thing. There's like a dragon. There's like a another thing, but they're all so different that I didn't connect them with one another. And right. like for me, if there's not a common thread between all the bad guys, then it makes them less menacing. Like I, you know, it's more menacing when it's like, you man, you've got all these people behind you. Like in in Lord of the Rings, like the orcs and the Urukai, they all look alike. Like mm-hmm. they have like similar, you know, they have like distinguishing features. You know, there's some that you know have this kind of armor and this, but they're all pretty much the same. And like the Empire, they're all stormtroopers. They all have the same outfits or like variations of such like you know the imperial guardsmen mm-hmm. obviously they have red but they're you can see a through line like the death eaters and harry potter they all look the same even the bad guys in masters of the universe they're all kind yeah. of grungy but they all like they're all you can see that they're coming from the same place with this one i couldn't see that i couldn't tell the difference like i couldn't see the connection between shiva and and some of the other like baddies so because mm-hmm. of that, it kind of took away their power because I don't see them as a, a threat because they're all, not all connected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like this big unstoppable force. It's just a bunch of other people. It's a bunch of like separate people fighting as opposed to like one team fighting. Right. Does that makes sense. Like I just, yeah. it, it just, it, it wasn't, I don't know. It just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, the this whole, whole movie. Yeah. It was kind of, fine i was excited to see like oh cool jeff bridges julianne moore kit harrington cool <sighs> nothing a whole yeah, even lot like, of nothing yeah the, like and we've talked about how like music is important to these movies the music was generic it was just it was just a blah yep that was this whole thing this is probably the shortest review of a movie that we've done because it was just really there's mm-hmm. nothing to it like Hey, spoiler alert, the seventh son wins. Yeah. That <laughs> if you That's you, it. it is it is a very generic and not generic in a in a fascinating way, just generic in a boring way. Because like if it like like Avatar, the the blue people avatar, not the airbending avatar. Um generic, but fascinatingly so. Mm-hmm. This was just at least like, at least interesting to look at. Interesting to look at, and there's stuff. And it is a like it's baby's first foreshadowing. Right. This at least was this had nothing to it. It was generic in a completely forgettable way. And I and I was just more bummed out with like, you know, man, these are really great actors in this movie. Like, mm. and, and you know, it's again, it's another case of. It's the material. Like, they have, they have right. nothing to work with because, you know, Ian McKellen got an Academy Award nomination for, for Gandalf. So it's not like you can't have strong material in fantasy mm-hmm. and have impactful characters and impactful acting. I think they these two tried, but, you know, they got a paycheck and they got to get dress up. And that's, that's like, as I was thinking through when I was watching this, I'm like, why would someone that has the acting chops do this like why would you do this and then i and then i was walking penny my dog later and i was like you know what they just wanted to play dress up 
Who, and that's who okay. wouldn't want like who wouldn't yeah, oh I'm not blaming them at all. Like why who wouldn't like, hey, Jeff Bridges, Julianne Moore, you get to dress up and ham it up and play pretend and we'll give you a boat, boatload of money. Do you wanna come do this? Yeah, of course I do. I'd still wanna do like I wanna do that. That sounds fun. Yeah. And I, I've always said, like, take a serious role and then take an asylum film. And take a serious role yeah, and take an asylum absolutely. film. Absolutely. Recover. Absolutely. So about two weeks ago, we started recording this episode. We lost about all of the audio for the other two films we were going to talk about. Uh, so here we are picking it back up again. Uh, Lars, how are you doing tonight? Um, it's great to be here in the future with you, Lucas. We've time traveled from last we spoke, and um, <laughs> things are things are good, man. It's uh, we're we're in the midst of, of of Halloween, Halloween season, my favorite time of year. Um, I love spooky movies. Um, I love candy. I love uh, decorations and and just the whole mood of the season. It, it's finally mm-hmm. like like hoodie weather, and it just like the leaves are starting to rustle. It's just great. I, I absolutely love this yeah. time of year. Um, We've gotten to go camping since we talked. We went camping both in the mountains tent camping. We also went in a tiny cabin. Mom and dad actually came down uh, and, sh- and stayed at a tiny cabin next to us. Um, saw a bunch of waterfalls, drove on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Just a lot of, it's a, it's my favorite time of year because it's like combines two of my most favorite things, stupid, cheesy horror movies and getting outside in nature, <laughs> you know? Nice. So it's just, it, it's just been a really great, great couple of weeks. Um, some big recommendations. I don't know if you've seen um, Malignant. Have not yet. We talked about Malignant a little bit. Yep. So, bananas. So, oh, did we talk about... Okay, time out. Did we talk about last time? Um, I can adjust some things. I don't okay. know what we talked okay. about last time. All right. Midnight Mass. I really want to see that. I love uh, Raul Cooley. Or Coley. I think it's a Coley. Who's he? Uh, the Sheriff. Mm, mm-hmm. I've not seen it yet. I really want to see that. He's great. He's um so it's the guy that did Haunting a Hill House and Haunting a Blind mm-hmm. Manor and Hush and um Doctor Sleep. Like he's a and, oh ooh, Ouija Origin of Evil, which is <laughs> you know, it's a prequel to a terrible horror movie, which was actually really, really good. It was a huge improvement on the original. But yeah, Midnight Mass, Mike Flanagan, that is a movie, or that's a series, man. Like it it is yeah. oof. It I've it it heard has good things. It has all the feels. I, uh, it, it, it's a special kind of horror show when you cry at the end. Yes, because <laughs> the characters are so good. But uh, what, what's been up with you? Um, not much. We have. Uh, I started a new job. Um, really? I yeah, I did. I'm still still with the company. Just moved uh, moved around. I uh, I'm doing stuff. Uh, doing a lot more stuff on the back end now. I don't have to deal with people as much, which is nice. It's a nice change of pace from what I've been doing. Um, I, uh, we watched, and I was a little disappointed with Squid Game. We watched the first half of it. First half of the first episode. And I didn't like the guy. Like, I was just yelling at the screen the whole time, like, quit gambling. Quit it. Yeah. <laughs> like, stop doing well, that's, that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole point, is that <clears throat> these are, these people aren't necessarily, they're all okay people. But right. also, people are all, all down on their luck, so they're not necessarily the best of people to begin with, too. But I kept, like, I, just screaming at them, so and I was just like, eh, okay. I get that. And that's that was been part of the problem was, I watched it, and I thought it was pretty good. However, I kept expecting it to be, um, 
everyone was describing it as this buck wild incredible and crazy thing and i've watched crazier and i've mm-hmm. watched netflix crazier and i've watched netflix asian crazier i definitely want south korean crazier yes um and i look I at you old boy <laughs> <laughs> james brolin what not um, that one <laughs> i i'm aware i'm aware no and there was the show that came out several years ago called blazing transfer student have i ever talked about blazing transfer student Mm-mm. okay it's a comedy it can't accurately be described the only way i can describe it is it's a live action anime okay for all actually it's more of a live action manga it makes perfect sense when you watch it mm-hmm. the show is buck buck fucking wild it is the only and every time i hear people talking about squid game all i can think is but blazing's transfer student is right there um and unfortunately it only got one season and i'm gonna forever to be disappointed by that and i just want more people to talk to about it because it was crazy and no one seemed to know about it huh yeah i haven't um, heard of it yeah i mean i don't know it's funny the things that take off right like the <clears throat> i understood why midnight mass was in the top 10 on Netflix mm-hmm. for a while. Because it was, I got it. It was really good. And then Squid Game, I almost, it, it's like, I haven't seen any of the violence. I've heard it gets really, like, well, I've seen some of the violence because even some of, like, the more, more mundane violence at the beginning before they get to mm-hmm. the, the, games. the games, you know, oh, it's crazy. Like, well, yeah, but are you, are you, are you missing the point? Like, the point is, like, these people are desperate because they're at the bottom rungs of the society. That has been created by unchecked capitalism. Hey, aren't you watching what... Do you see parallels? <laughs> do, you, yeah, do, you, the... do you see that you're, you were getting enjoyment from what could very easily happen here? <laughs> so, I don't know. Francois Truffaut, the director, said yeah. you couldn't make a... You could never make a truly anti-war movie because it's just going to make war look cool. Right. And so it doesn't matter how... You know, do not do this cool thing. Like, anytime you watch an anti-crime movie, like a, a gangster movie, you just want to be a gangster, kind of. Right. Like, uh, the FBI has said the worst thing that ever happened to the to fighting organized crime was The Godfather. And that actually leads us into our discussion of Beastmaster, because I've never wanted to be a Beastmaster more than after watching <laughs> Beastmaster. Beastmaster. <laughs> I get <laughs> so, and segue for the win. Um, yes, I um, so this movie, man, you know we, it's better than Seventh Son. Yes, it is. It is not as good as Thirteenth Warrior. So we are definitely nope. doing a progression here um, yes. because Beastmaster. It's one of those movies that I and I don't and I don't know if this is real. This might just be one of those like amalgams of memories in my head. Mm-hmm. But I remember. There were certain things that I either watched or played or ate or did at Tucker Anderson's house. Mm-hmm. So we lived at the end of this, the, there was this little dead end street we were growing up when we were really little in Bath, Maine. And there, there was like this, it ended in this cul-de-sac, like cul-de-sac kind of parking oh. lot kind of thing. And there was a wall that like dropped down into like the, the other yards. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Tucker's house was right next door to ours. I remember, like, going over there and doing things that we wouldn't do at our house. So, like, we didn't have a, a Sega Genesis. We had a, a, a Nintendo. Right. So we would play Mortal Kombat at his house. And we would, pl- like, I would listen to the Dogfather 
like Snoop Dogg's first out al- like albums at his house, and I watched or and I ate they, b- bacon always... bacon Domino's pizza <laughs> at his house because we because we were always a, a Little Caesars house. And then I remember watching movies like Beastmaster at mm-hmm. his house, and it wasn't like it was forbidden in ours. It was just well, this never really made the rotation at our normal place, but this is something that's going on at somebody else's house. And we will right. watch it here. Right, right, right. And I don't know if that, I don't know if it was actually Beastmaster that we watched at his house, but it was like, it was like Beastmaster adjacent, whatever those movies were, you know? So it was those kind of like cheesy, actiony <laughs> movies. <laughs> no, I completely remember that. And I, I, what I remember the, the vivid thing was the, the first time I'd ever seen the, uh, the hairspray in a lighter. Was that, has that Tucker Anderson's? That Beastmaster is the equivalent of that. <laughs> it, yes. it, is, it is flashy and kind of like, well, this is weird. Why are we doing this? But ultimately, mm-hmm. eh, what, well, well, why, why, why? Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, it is the it is the most generic eighties fantasy film to ever eighties fantasy film. T- totally. Um, I mean, first of all, the the, the pedigree of it. It's Don Castorelli, Castorelli. He's the the guy that did Phantasm, the Phantasm series. Mm-hmm. Costarelli. He also did Bubba Hotep. Um, so like I saw his name pop up in the credits. I'm like, oh, okay. Like I'm I'm in. Like I right. I'll, I'll be excited for this. And then like you see Rip Torn is the bad guy. I can't wait for him to start yelling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then it just start like it's such a neat premise. I mean it, it's a it's a sword and sorcery epic about a guy that can talk to animals. And you're thinking in theory. In theory. And you're thinking, okay, that's that's cool. So he's he's not like Conan, he's another kind of he's he's ripped, but he's not like crazy Arnold ripped, but he, he's gonna talk to animals and he's gonna use animals to help him fight the bad guy and save the princess or save the world or whatever. Okay, mm-hmm. that's different enough where it, it could be exciting. I just feel like they just didn't do enough. No, he, he does very little beast mastering. The only thing that he, yeah. he seems to do is use his ferrets as as thieving companions and occasionally throw a uh, throw a hawk at a dude and there's a tiger involved somewhere that i think was it spray painted i am pretty sure it's spray painted black yeah which okay we're gonna just slide past that whose job was that (laughs) (laughs) who who like what part of the crew like was that the best boy or the gaffer or like who, the key grip like, okay listen <laughs> i need i need you to spray paint this tiger long drag a cigarette what <laughs> exactly so yeah and you know they're just i just that was the biggest problem with this movie was that you know it, it's your standard 80 like we, we've talked about the plot of this movie however many episodes how many episodes is, is this now however many of those episodes at least multiply that by two because we've talked mm-hmm. about two movies, <laughs> we talked about this plot that many times already, right? Like this right. is it's, not a this is not a an odd movie. A, it is no, there's a prophecy of a baby that's going to kill a wizard. Wizard tries to kill the baby early on. Uh, baby grows uh, fails. Baby grows up, has a secret destiny. Goes to save his village. Village is because it's burned down. Uh, side of fries, large coke. Yep, that's about it. But with the idea of oh, cool, we've got this guy that has a special power. Mm-hmm. And we've got a bad guy that, like, is pretty bad. He throws a kid 
He throws a kid into a fire at one point. Which, I mean, you like cheesy, you like horror films. I don't see that often in horror films. Um, no, no, I, I want, I try to watch at least one a day during Halloween, like we're during October mm-hmm. times. And there was one that I watched this this go around it was the the eighties remake of the Blob. Yep, which is actually really good. And but they they kill a kid in that one, and that like. For all the crazy horror stuff that I've seen, like when they kill a kid, like you're mm-hmm. you're going places, <laughs> you're you're crossing some lines there that you don't typically cross. Yeah. Um. So when and, and again for a cheesy fantasy movie like this to see the bad guy just throw like, not even just like kill him like off screen but he throws him into a fire, <laughs> it's like Jesus, you deserve to die. Yeah. And he does, but it's like. I don't know. I, I just felt like the whole thing it was just like pretty okay. There's no like crazy, great set pieces, and I kept like want, like there almost were like the ferrets were like he had so he has two ferrets and he's he's doing something he's trying to like break into something and like he has them crawling on ropes like to get stuff and and it's like well this would be so great if you had like he was controlling all these animals to like attack or like help him break into somewhere or like all this stuff and he just doesn't do it. Well, there's a, there's a moment where like uh, the bad guy's army rides in on horses. I expected him to like turn the horses on them. The horses, yes. <laughs> like convince the horses, hey, <laughs> you're the baddies. <laughs> you have skulls on your hats. You have skulls on your hats. You're the baddies, and and that would have been great. Like you could have like they all just like stop right, and they like they buck the riders off of them. That would have been wonderful. Mm-hmm. Just a missed opportunity of a, of a movie, I feel like, and I, and I yeah. and I know that there's a bunch of sequels Ugh. and a TV series. And, oh, wonderful! Because that, only, that always ends only, up great. <laughs> my only experience with with the Beastmaster before this movie was Pierce's costume in Community. Yeah, because right. he thought he thought it was cool. That's it. Yeah. But here's what I want to know, and I brought this up on a couple of of these. Uh, low-budget 80s fantasies we've, we've mentioned before, but this always comes to mind is, why are they always in the desert? There is a, a fairly roaring metropolis for a fantasy film in this desert town. How does it survive? But Because it's, like it, 80... it's probably as cheap to film out there. Oh, I'm sure it is, but they're all cheap to film out there, I suppose. It's cheap to film out there, but it just it's boring. I'm tired of seeing dirt. Well, it's just, it's the same thing with a horror movie. Like eventually, like all those B like horror like fifties movies, mm-hmm. like any like okay, we're back in the Griffith Griffith Observatory forest. Like we're back in the forests <laughs> around L.A. Great, okay, yeah. you know, and and you know, it's just not. There's so many more interesting yeah. locations for things, and mm-hmm. and I agree with you. Yeah, I am tired of the desert. I'm tired of like. Don't you people wake up and like I don't want to be here anymore. Like like where <laughs> where where can I see a tree? Where can I see a tree? Like where, where are the people just like listening to Born to Run? Like I just got to get out of here, man. Like <laughs> like, <laughs> like <laughs> screw this little town. I'm out of here. Um, or or whatever the Beastmaster equivalent is to Born to Run, but <laughs> and their their fantasy land. But like yeah, Born to Ride. Well. You know, like think of. Did you watch The Witcher? I loved The Witcher. I did love. I did too. I really enjoyed that. He was great in it. I I really liked Henry Cavill in it. Mm -hmm. 
But it had a lot of neat different places. There was a swamp. Yes. There was forests. There was like crazy craggy mountaintops. There was just what it basically amounted to a haunted castle in one episode, right? Like when he's like yeah, fighting it, the, the ghost. You know, it just, there's this neat set, neat places. And, and I feel like, you know, I understand that a lot of these movies are hobbled by their budget, but when it's the same locations over and over again, it does, and or when it's like the dead of night mm-hmm. and everything's lit by torches, well, you could be anywhere. And part of and part of what I'm 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 escaping into this movie for is I want to go to a different world. I want to go to a different kind of place. That's why Mordor is awesome, even though it's yeah, terrifying. Exactly. It's like it's a place I don't get to go to <laughs> all the time, right? right? I mean, hell, that's why the sh- the Shire is so. At what? That's why everyone wants a freaking Hobbit hole. Absolutely right. It's because, a realized it's world. Just... It is a place that I I can escape to, and mm-hmm. it doesn't even have to be like obviously Lord of the Rings. Big budget movie, right? Like I'm not. I understand that they had the money to throw around to, to take them places, but you could you could do something with it where you know. Hell, I mean, Thirteenth Warrior wasn't a, a giant like it's not a, a Lord of the Rings level budget movie, right? And they still right. had different kinds of places and different kinds of locations, and it looked different. Mm-hmm. You could do those kinds of things. It's just it. I don't know if it's it's budget or also laziness. It's probably a little bit of both. It's probably like a 50-50 split between the two because there's no... There's no impetus to do more. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. That is exactly what I was trying to say. I don't know. It's it's a missed opportunity with a competent cast. Competent direct, like a a director that has made... Like, have you seen Phantasm? Yes, I have. That is a truly frightening movie. (laughs) Yes. That is a very... And did you see Bubba Hotep? I did, and it's fantastic. It's hilarious. It's, <laughs> it is one. It's one of those, huh? Why? What am I watching? Because uh, what is its genre? Other? Uh, it's a Bruce Campbell movie. That's what it is. That's the that's <laughs> yes, the genre. Thank you, thank you. I'm sorry that I was. Yeah, I, I don't know what I was thinking. No, but no, they're so it's a competent director. So you, you had the, the you had a, a collision course of hey, this could be probably a pretty good B movie, and it was. Mm-hmm. Ended up being, yeah, this is a pretty good B movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it just wasn't wasn't more than that. What's What's wild to me is, do you remember Ator the Fighting Eagle? Yes. Okay, Ator, low budget eighties film, <laughs> had very low budget, still had a bunch of had different locales. It wasn't just desert. Is that the one where he fights the shadow? Yes, that was great. Yeah, the shadows are that's a really cool fight. And the the spider fight where he's shot from the spider's perspective. Is that the one where he wants to? Is that the one where he wants to bang his sister? Yes, who's not really his sister, but it's still way too freaking weird. And it's also introduced thirty seconds into the movie, so it's you get it goes from zero to incest in five seconds. Yeah, no, I remember Ator. <laughs> but no, I mean it. it so I mean, Beastmaster, it is what I would. There's, there's movies where I have to be completely focused and watch. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to sit down and watch every single moment of it. Um, one of the best examples was Elizabeth and I put on Shape of Water. Such a good late movie. Late at night. Like, around this time where it's like, okay, this is like a two-nighter for us. Because we, we, we usually have to... We can't stay up mm-hmm. past, you know, 10, 10.30 without starting to doze. Exactly. So, we'll, we'll put it on. We'll, we'll watch half. We'll watch the other half tomorrow. And... 
come 1130, we're, we're finishing it, and we haven't taken our eyes off the screen. And it was yep. just, it was completely entranced. Like, we were, this was incredible. So there's movies like that. Like, you have to watch, you have to focus. And there's movies that you can have on, and you can kind of come in and out of the room, but you enjoy them, and, and like, you kind of sit and watch the fun parts, and then, like, if there's some boring talking shit, like, you'll just go do something else or whatever. This is one that, it's almost, like, vacuum cleaner worthy, where, like, I would have it on and run the vacuum cleaner, even during most of the fun stuff, and not really yep. care. <laughs> no, this is, this would be in a in a, a rotation for a and d group, but it would be at the bottom of the barrel when you're like, okay, we've watched all these other better, we've had all these better things in the background while we're playing Dungeons & Dragons, this is where... We're going to watch this, and then we're going back to, to Crawl. Right. Well, then Crawl, I would not want to play anything. I would just go watch Crawl. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's your ace in the hole where you really know that you're going to lose in D&D. Hey, let's go watch Crawl instead. Yeah. <laughs> hurriedly, change the plot, hurriedly change the plot of the campaign because I need to fix this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it, was, it was fine. It just, it wasn't... I I think I'm more disappointed by how neat of an idea it was, like how cool of an idea this was, and they just didn't do anything with it. Absolutely. Like, that, that, I think that's the death knell of it, is that it was just, you could have done so much more with this idea. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the great thing... So I, I, I hate that we take you know, hiatus between episodes sometimes. It's just life. life. Um, but, uh, man, that would... We should have just synced there. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, what benefited from this is that we, we did a whole discussion on both Beastmaster and 13th Warrior. And Beastmaster, I think, we both came to the same conclusion as we did the, the previous time when we talked about it. Absolutely. After talking over the first time the 13th Warrior with Lucas, I said, you know what? He really liked that movie. Maybe there's something I missed or just like I just wasn't in the right headspace. And... I'm not gonna say that it is it deserves to be like top five <laughs> at mm. all in our in our list anymore, but I after watching it a second time I I liked it a lot more and I think I liked it a lot more because I started sort of thinking of it in a different way and realizing what it was mm-hmm. because I also watched Predator. Yep. And what this moves what Predator is it's an action movie that gets creeped on by a slasher movie like it's an action movie for a little bit. And then a slasher movie happens. And what this is, is this historical drama, a historical epic, mm. and then a monster movie happens. And what's funny about both... Is that, is that well, true? Would you, would you no, say that? That, that's... that is 100% what it is. And what's really funny is what you bring up is both Predator and the 13th Warrior are Beowulf. Yeah, because it, it, um, Schwarzenegger's Beowulf. Like, he is the greatest warrior and he's come in to fight the unfightable monster a mon- as to fight the unfightable monster that modern weapons can't take down so he has to strip his strip himself and go into its lair to kill it and then if you add predator 2 into it as well the hero descends into the the uh, uh the cave where the the mother called mother is yeah the two of them taken together are very stri- okay. are Okay, I can see the I can see the the where that comes from. Um, I mean, how he's called Dutch. That's a good point. Okay, <laughs> I like it. But but again, both directed by John McTiernan. 
So like yes. I like that, you know he he's done, so John McTurnan, arguably, the greatest action director of like the late eighties, early nineties. I mean that, I don't think there's a there's not much argument. That man made Predator, he made Die Hard. Does Die Hard work as a Beowulf? Eh. Die Hard, well, <laughs> Die Hard's a romantic comedy. It's a moonlighting episode that gets creeped mm-hmm. on by a terrorism movie. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's Bruce Willis being charming, Bruce Willis schlubby guy, and then, oh, there's terrorists in the Nakatomi Tower, and I have to start shooting them. <laughs> like, it, 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 it's... He does... He, he films action... Well, along with that, so I love Hunt for October... That's mm-hmm. a, I mean that's a now that's a dad movie that is definitely like a I am a dad, the dad I am movie. I am old now I like <laughs> it's like I forget what company it is or what commercial it is but like you can't help become your parents so you're reading a book about submarines who reads books about submarines it's my dad you're right <laughs> <laughs> so, yep who who watches Hunt for October I I do. But like, and then he did it like he did Last Action Hero, which I also think is pretty cool. It's a pretty fun movie. Yes, I like Thomas Crown Affair a whole lot. I think that's a great, yeah, it's a fun movie. But I think it's actually better than the. I think it's better than the the original. Hundred percent. Yeah, you you were absolutely right. So, fantastic action director, like really, like knows how to frame a set piece, knows how to build tension, um, but then also knows how to let us know little character moments and like help us, you know, appreciate the characters and understands that action just isn't just pew pew blow up. Like action is like motivation of characters. Like characters are doing something to get to point A to point B. Right. And, and and the only way to have a good, and another important part of an action movie is that you have to have a credible threat for your heroes. Yep. And also another part of a monster movie like you also have to have a very incredible monster and that's where you know a a sweeping you know historical epic with pantonio banderas as a muslim which i still still got a problem with that but (laughs) yeah he's a good actor there's a lot of other good actors that could have played that part but um he's a good actor but you know he goes he's a muslim that goes up to the northmen and he's He's learning their culture and he learns their language and that that really great scene. Can you d- describe that scene? Like when he yeah, because it's, it's he's, wonderful. He can't speak. He can't speak Norse, so he's just sitting there listening to them. And every now and then a word starts changing, and it changes to English to Muslim or to, to Arabic. He, right? Yeah, to, it would be Arabic. But it, it, he, you start hearing words because he's learning their language just by listening to them. And then he finally snaps after he realizes they're insulting his mother. And it's this great sequence, and they all, like, okay, we're cool now. Yeah, he, he, we're gonna... he gets us now. Yeah. but And so that that's a really great, again, like, it shows his intelligence, it shows his, his craftiness, like, and, it, and also it starts showing the bond between him and the Norsemen, and, you mm-hmm. know, there's all these really great moments. And then, so he, he basically, he, he's gone up there to, I guess, document that, like, that they're looking to trade with them. Yeah, he gets he gets he falls in love with with uh, the wife or the loved one of the caliph, and he is told that he has to be um, he now ha- uh, is going to be an ambassador to talk to people to talk to the people of the north, and so it's a it's a way just to get him out of the out of the country, right. and so 
he travels with his, I want to say his uncle, if I remember correctly. Omar Sharif. Uh, huh? Omar Sharif, yeah. And who hated this movie so much that he stopped acting for a while. Eh, it's not that. It's yeah. not, you, you've been in some worse stuff, Omar. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they get a... Uh, uh, they they go to a, the the king's funeral. They find out that they're at the the people they're at. They're having a funeral for their king, and a messenger comes and says that this land to the north is under attack. It's you know, the hall of Hrothgar is being uh, that Heroth, the hall of Hrothgar is being un, is under attack by the Vindal, Grendel, and so yeah, which is Grendel, and it's so he um they ha- they need to have twelve warriors, one for each of their months. And then a 13th warrior who doesn't belong to them. And then it turns out that Antonio Banderas is the 13th warrior, hence the title. Um, Not Eater, so Eaters he, of the Dead. What this title is from the book, which is way better. It is a much better title, and that was the original title of the movie. And the original cut of the movie is called, was called Eaters of the Dead. And the original cut of the movie is, from what I understand, about an hour longer. Uh, with a lot more things going on in the background, but that footage has been lost to time. Hmm. So, hashtag release the eaters cut. <laughs> hey, stranger things have happened. I never thought that I'd see a Martian Manhunter in a Justice yep. League movie, and I guess I did. <laughs> I have yet to bite the bullet on that. I don't have four hours. It's. We're, we're going to. Listeners, we're going to come back to 13th Warrior. Little side jaunt. Um, it's okay. I was actually i I enjoyed it. There were there were parts in it that were really great. It still was you know kind of dark and depressing, but I actually got to see Superman for the first time in a in a in one of these DC movies, like actual Superman, like yeah. the man that was like their Superman. That was nice. Um, what? <sighs> and it, the Flash stuff, that was really wonderful and fun. That <laughs> that line, that line, because I've only saw, the, I saw the original cut of Justice League, I have not seen the Snyder cut, and that line in the original one where, where Bruce says to him, you don't have to save them all, just save one person and go from there. Yeah. That's amazing. It's a great line. Um, I didn't like that. It's not, they it's made, not in the Snyder cut. <laughs> Of course it's not, because it's like it, it's a perfect line. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of other good, really good stuff in it, though. Oh, I'm sure there is. I just they made the return of Superman. That could have been something miraculous, and they turned it into a macabre Frankenstein nightmare. Um, they because it's spread out, it builds to it. Okay. And and I, so I, when I, it happens, it is still like a. Oh, why? Why are they fighting him? But like, it it lets it breathe a little bit more, and you have a little mm-hmm. bit more time to like process it. But then also like, he doesn't just show up at the end. Like he ain't like they, spo- they spoilers. Could've... Yeah. Like, Darkseid wins. Hmm. I actually didn't know that. I knew nothing about it other than it was a the longer film. I mean, I mean they... I'm sorry if I ruin it for you, but you haven't. That actually makes me more interested he, in it because that seems he wins. braver almost. He well, well, he wins for about five minutes. Yep. And then somebody that's not Superman does something that was in a previous DC movie. Hmm. So the Flash 
can I, can I tell you what it is? Because yeah, of course, absolutely, please. I'm not ruining this for you. Um, no. And everybody else, it, it's been on, out already. You, you should have seen it. Um, Flash runs back in time. He pulls time like back that. with him. And so that that's why that's why he says I'm too soon. In yeah. well, it doesn't connect with that because there, so so that not then, but like he he turns back time enough to like stop something. And, and, he's, and, yeah. and within that fight. So, like, right. everybody dies. Like, you know, Superman, like, bows to Darkseid, and then the Flash is the one that actually saves the day and goes back in time and, and, and turns mm-hmm. everything back. Then there's this awful epilogue, which is the nightmare doomsday future. And it's like, <laughs> well, why? Why is this here? <laughs> like, right. I don't know. It, it, it was, it, I enjoyed it. A thousand times more than the Joss Whedon cut. Mm-hmm. I really did. It works so much better as a long form, like episodic thing. Because there's there's parts. There's like part one, part two. Like you, yeah. you could you could do watch part one and pause it and just go about your business. Um, See, I I I thought what they could have done was, I I am a big proponent of. If they're gonna do something with, if they're gonna do their own different thing, then they should make their heroes do run back in time to save, you know, to save the future. They do the impossible, and the easiest thing they could have done would have been to have had when they attempt to bring Superman back to life, he doesn't. They fail at that, and then you've got Lois Lane having like doing something trying to save save people's lives she goes up to dark side and she hits him with a hammer or something and right as he's about to kill her she screams out and superman comes back mm. because that's the important thing because then you then you've established it that he's not going to come back it was we've already established that coming back from the dead is impossible mm-hmm. but he's superman he can do the impossible so he needs to have a reason to come back and his reason would be lois and which or, or, would or, Mar- or Martha, like even like yeah. name his mom, like some, but exactly some point, some kind of thing that is, and then you can then you've got the whole maybe magic, maybe mundane, but you have him come back for love as opposed to come back for a freak of nature. I I like that. I appreciate that. Um, I and and kind of going along with that, like the mother boxes just start like waking up in the Jock Sweden mm-hmm. one. The reason yep. why the mother boxes wake up in the Zack Snyder one is. Superman's death scream. He wakes them up. Yeah. So you've got you have you even call back to that then, which would mm-hmm. you have someone's death scream wake oh, up the wake up the person that woke up the mother boxes. I like that. And I did that by accident. <laughs> which is what probably a lot of these movies was. Anyway. Anyway, back, back, back to, to back our regular scheduled programming. Um, <laughs> this is what they. This is what people come to us for. Is the his segue it's right? Um, um, I so in any way, it, it's Beowulf. So, gun, I, I made. I brought up my my rewatch and my also my watch of Predator. You know they they go off to the north to go fight these the, this evil. You know this, this monsters mm-hmm. that are ransacking the, the Norse Norse gods or Norsemen or whatever, and they you know they become closer as a, a group. And there's all these really great. You know, bonding scenes and fight scenes, and they, they each kind of learn to trust each other and trust each other's strengths and stuff like that. And 
then the bad guys descend on the village that they're trying to defend. And mm-hmm. it's, again, it's a it's dark, but, like, it's all lit by torches, so you can still see stuff. But at first you're seeing, basically, it's almost like you're seeing it from the villagers' eyes that these monsters that are giants are, ro- like, rushing at us on fire. But then when they get finally get close enough, it's like, oh, well, those are just guys on horseback. It's so scary, yeah. but, like, you can see how if I'm a villager and I'm the one that survived, that probably meant that I was farther away. So all I saw was these giants on, you know, on, on fire killing everybody. I wasn't mm-hmm. close enough to see that it was actually a person wearing a bear suit. And you've got that, that old guy who has that, that great story about how, you know, I saw one as a child. How did it move? Well, sometimes as a beast and sometimes as a man. Because he's a child and he's remembering it. That's how the stories happen. That's how these stories get right. evolved. And the important thing about this whole movie is a story. Because mm-hmm. Antonio Banderas is telling the story of his, his traverses with the Norsemen. And mm-hmm. he's writing down in, in like a journal. And really great attack scene and, and like Antonio Banderas kind of you know proves his worth and like proves that he's not just this because you know the, the Vi- they're Vikings so they're like he's this foppish you know Arab he doesn't know how to fight and like no he he does he handle, he carries himself okay he, he proves himself to be <laughs> he completely ruins a sword but, that's not how that's not how blacksmithing works right. But yeah. he does like mm-hmm. he he proves himself a battle right like he 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 mm-hmm. he's one of them. So the the thing that also tied into Predator for me is that they go they finally like all right we it's just a man like they they figure out that they're just men they're wearing costumes but they're just they're men so we can kill them. And if it bleeds, we can if kill. If it bleeds, it can kill it exactly. So they basically track them back to their lair and again going back to these really cool locations it's like inside a waterfall like in a cave mm-hmm. and it reminded me of the the jungle infiltration scene in predator when there are these commandos and they're they're slinking yep. about like being all sneaky and like doing the hand motions and like sliding in and prepping their positions to go attack these um this rebels. these rebels this it, militia, they... i think that yeah the rebels and militia whatever like there's these these people with guns <laughs> The Vikings do the same thing. These are, like, killers. They are. They have been bred and live their whole lives to th- swing swords, kill people, drink a lot, and have more Vikings. Exactly. <laughs> that is their existence. <laughs> um, so they're, like, slinking about in the cave, and they're, like, you know, they're sliding down ropes, and they're, like, it just... It, it all felt like that infiltration scene, and it was filmed very much the same way, which was... Which is really, I, I really like that a lot. Yes, and I, I, what's really, really interesting to me is because they, in Beowulf, he has to kill the Grendel, and once he kills the Grendel, he fights Grendel's mother, and then later on he fights a dragon. Right. <laughs> right. That's the, that's, that's the story of Beowulf in a nutshell. So the story of Beowulf so, is basically the story of, you know, any good trilogy um, the third one, eh, typically yeah, loses steam. <laughs> exactly. Um, so <laughs> God, Godfather, exactly, you know. 
Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Godfather should have Godfather Three should have been the death of Michael Corleone, and it would have just solved the problem. Been fine. That's what. That's why it's you know Godfather Coda. So <laughs> when he go when they go into the 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 cave the whole the um the home of the of the uh, of the Vendal, the 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 mother's down there, and she is this sleek young lithe creature. In the original cut of the movie, in the original version, she's this old woman because she's a mother. But they didn't like that because that sound, you know, just having having bullvide. The man was, oh god, what is that actor's name? Um, I used to know it because he's incredible. His whole career is being a Viking. He was born to play that role. And then bullvide, Beowulf. Bull, yeah, bullvide. Yeah, the guy who plays him. So they didn't. No, but like that, that's coming, what. That his, that like that's the character's name, but it, it, he is Beowulf. It's Beowulf, yeah. Um, he was born to play every it be in every Viking. He was born to play him. Um, they didn't really like having him go down to a pit and kill an old lady. That just doesn't feel good. <laughs> so they changed it into a younger woman who poisons him, and then you know they said they come out of the hole. You know, you killed the mother, but not the leader. So the leader of the worm, you know, the fire dragon. The dragon from the story. And that great sequence of he, he drags himself while dying out to fight with them one last time is, yeah, yeah. pretty great. No, I, this, this, so this was the third time I've watched it because I watched it when, when we saw it when we were younger. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it for the first talk about it. And then I watched it afterwards. And again, it was like right after we talked about it more, I'm like, you know what? This is actually a lot better than I gave it credit for. And it was because I started thinking about it more, like what what is this movie actually doing? And the movie it was it was classic, you know, McTiernan, where it was you think you're watching one kind of movie, and then another kind of movie mm-hmm. starts happening in it. Yep. And and I like that. I like that that mashup. So it was um, that is a re- it's a really cool it's a really good way to do that. And it's Vladimir uh, Kulich mm-hmm. is, the, is the actor's name. Um, and as I said, it's he was. This was the role he he should have had his entire life. Right. I love this movie. This was like the first or second movie Victoria and I ever watched together. Mm-hmm. Um, had you seen it one before you showed it to her? Oh, I'd seen this. But we saw it uh, together. She, yeah, yeah, we watched it together. Um, and she'd seen it before as well. And I was just like, "Ooh, Thirteenth Warrior." I'm like, "Ah, the Viking movie. Nice choice." Yeah, I've just always loved this movie, and I I just don't understand why it never got more. Why it doesn't end up in the rotation of McTiernan movies that people talk about? Why it? Why people don't talk about it? And I, I, think, I know I th- why. I think it's because it it didn't they didn't market it well enough. They didn't know how they were marketing it. And it came out. I think because it came out before they didn't they didn't release the longer cut because they didn't think audiences would sit around for three hours watching a fantasy movie. This was two. This was nineteen ninety nine. Two years later, Fellowship of the Ring comes out. Mm. But then everything's going to be compared to that. Yes, but what I what I'm saying is, in two years, audiences prove they can sit around, sit through a a long fantasy movie. Mm. Okay. Well, even like, and then the, the, there's that show Vikings. You know, Vladimir Kulik's in it. So you know, the, the, I, yeah, maybe this is a little bit like. I think Antonio, like, it was riding the, the wave of Antonio Banderas after Zorro. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he just wasn't the, like, he was good in it. 
he just wasn't the right fit for it. And I just didn't know what it was trying to, I knew what it was trying to do. It just, it, like, I, I feel like it just got studio meddled. Yeah, absolutely. Like. It did. Um, um, there's that, that weird subplot they try to do where they make it to the, when they make it to, uh, Hrothgar's kingdom, there's that political subplot they try to have involved, yeah. but it only lasts for like 30 seconds. That's part of the longer cut. Mm, okay. Anyway, I, I, I don't, I'm not saying it's without its flaws because it, it is, but there, I think there are so many, it's a, it's a fantasy movie where a monster movie breaks out into it or a historical drama where a monster movie breaks out, as you said. Um, and, I can dig that. Yeah. Uh, Even if it doesn't work 100%, it's an interesting enough concept for it to to want to watch it again. Right. Well, I don't want to watch again in Seventh Son. So where does Seventh Son go? All right, I'm looking at the list right now, and I am scrolling all the way to the bottom. Honestly, I do think Aragon was better. Because Seventh Son was the genericest generic thing that's ever generic. Yeah. And at least Aragon had, you know, Jeremy Irons being Jeremy Irons. It had a dragon in it. Yeah, and Seventh Son was, I'm going to be perfectly honest, I barely remember that movie. Yeah. I can remember I can remember parts of his beard and talking past it. Or his it. mustache, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I would put it between Aragon and Against the Dark. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, with Beastmaster, a little bit better. Yeah, uh, I'm look. I'm going through and looking at our. Uh, it's not better than Brothers Grimm. No, and it was, but at least it was more coherent than Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Correct. Yep. Okay. Cool. And as for Thirteenth Warrior, as much bit. as I love, yeah, as much as I love this movie, I know that it's not the best thing that's ever existed. No. But it's pretty good. I think it's better than The Witches. Mm-hmm. But the night before Christmas is genuinely more heartwarming and just charming. I'm fine with that too. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I can go awesome. for that. Cool. Well, I'm glad we came back and redid this. Um, I've always enjoyed spending time with you talking about dumb movies. You too. Yep. Uh, Lars, where can people find us on the internet? Well, Lucas, they can find us on Instagram and Twitter at sword in board cast. Um, I assure you at one point we will actually post stuff there. Um, <laughs> what we do post, um, can be found on various, um, podcasting, um, sites. So we can be found on Spotify and Podbean and um, Apple podcasts and wherever, um, good discerning folks want to find nerds who talk about movies that they may or may not ever watch. Exactly. <laughs> Our theme music, Goblin Road Trip, is produced by Ryan Boyd. You can find them at Ryandroid on Twitter. Our artwork is produced by Wes Forbes, and his band, The Menders, is just about to release their new their uh, new album. Uh, you can fi- find them on Facebook. Uh, we will be back soon. Um, be sure to check out our two side projects, Board James Board, releasing uh, on the same channel, and my new project, The Board Will Be With You Always, a long-form Star Wars co- alternate commentary series with my best friend Matt. Um, you may find some additional voices on there from time to time. Uh, everyone, have a good night. <laughs>